The Bible never claims that the life of a Christian will be easy. In fact, we live in an uncertain world with daily challenges and struggles. Regardless of the challenges we face there is one place we can always turn for answers and that is the Word of God. Welcome to the Driven by Faith podcast, associated with drivenbyfaith.blog, your source for faith-based perspectives on everyday topics. Now here is your host, Ben Sharkey. Hello and welcome to the Driven by Faith podcast. I am your host, Ben Sharkey, and happy Easter or Resurrection Day, whichever you prefer to call it. If you haven't already, check out the blog page at www.drivenbyfaith.blog. There you will find all articles written, including this season's featured series on the podcast, the What is Love series. Also, check out the current series that is being written, the Lies, Twists, and Deception series. That series deals with legalistic beliefs, doctrines, and practices such as those in apostolic Pentecostalism. It will also be featured on the next season of the Driven by Faith podcast, along with a number of guest interviews of those who have escaped legalism. If you haven't already, check out and follow Driven by Faith on social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and now on Discord. To follow on Discord, simply visit www.drivenbyfaith.blog, click on the support tab, and then click on the Discord link. Don't forget, Driven by Faith has merchandise. Visit www.teespring.com forward slash Driven by Faith and check the apparel, check out the apparel available as well as the other items such as coffee mugs and cell phone cases. A portion of the proceeds go towards supporting and improving all aspects of Driven by Faith. If you would like to support Driven by Faith in other ways, you can make a donation on the support page at www.drivenbyfaith.blog. Not only can you make a donation, but simply visiting the website helps, not to mention all the great content. However, any donations made are not tax deductible at this point. So, one of the cool things about this being a young, developing podcast is being able to experiment a little bit to see what works. Starting next episode, I'll be introducing a brand new segment that focuses on stories and testimonies regarding the persecuted church, so stick around for that. The reason I feel moved to make that addition is simply because of the events of the last year regarding the restrictions we have faced with the pandemic. With the limitations that have been placed on in-person corporate worship, Many have claimed it to be persecution. Is it really, though? Do we here in the United States really understand what religious persecution is? The reality is that while we have been restricted by the government regarding in-person worship, we have not been banned from worship in general. We have not been made to choose between our beliefs and a state religion, as is the case in other countries we've simply been put into a position to get creative with how we worship and share the gospel. We can look at it in a couple of ways. We can either see it as a great exercise to see where we can better position ourselves to fulfill the Great Commission, 
when more orthodox methods may no longer be an option, or we can claim persecution. However, if we are going to claim persecution, then we need to understand what persecution is. With that being said, the health update segment will no longer be a part of this podcast, as I think it will fit better with a new podcast I will be working on with a really good friend of mine. It's not a faith-based podcast by any means, but it should be good fun, so keep an eye out for more details on it. Today, I'm recording on Easter Sunday. While the secular celebration has to do with finding eggs filled with candy and sweets supposedly hidden by a rabbit, the Christian reason for celebrating is the whole foundation of why our faith in Christ is so important to us. Sure, during Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. On Good Friday, we celebrate his sacrifice for our sins by allowing himself to die and become sin. On Palm Sunday, we celebrate the significance of his ride into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey and fulfilling yet another prophecy. However, what separates Easter from those other holidays is that we celebrate his resurrection from the grave. Had this not happened, then there would be no reason to celebrate the significance of other holidays. So on this special day, let's take time to reflect and to give thanks for the fulfillment of Christ's sacrifice so that we can have the opportunity to experience eternal life in paradise. Now today's reading of What is Love? It Does Not Seek Its Own. Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 NASB. It does not seek its own. In short, love is not selfish. Wow. In today's society, that seems to be a notion that is so very countercultural. We currently live in a society that is very much about one's own self. What's interesting is I don't believe many would actually disagree with me. However, what would vary is each individual's perception on why we have become the way we are. Some, from the younger generations, tend to blame capitalism. Some, from the older generations, tend to blame the false sense of entitlement the younger generations have seemingly become known for. Perhaps the answer is a bit of both, with some other factors mixed in. In reality, the point is that mankind is selfish and very self-seeking. It's not something that's new by any stretch of the imagination. This can be tracked all the way back to the beginning of man. Throughout the Bible, we see examples of all kinds of selfishness, and it's not limited to the enemies of God either. Many examples are recorded regarding those that God chose to do His work, including the very first humans. Let's take a look at some of these. Adam and Eve. Anyone who has spent any decent amount of time in church should know the story of the beginning and fall of man. 
This is where we see the first act of selfishness that consequently had the most devastating and lasting effects on mankind that are still in effect today. In fact, these consequences will continue to be until the return of Jesus Christ. If you're not familiar with the story, I recommend opening up to Genesis chapter 1 and read through chapter 3. For the purpose of this writing, we will start in chapter 3. As the story goes, the serpent approaches Eve and begins his manipulating tactics by asking her if God had instructed them not to eat of any tree in the garden. She replies that they could, except from one tree. She further explains that God instructed them that if they eat of that particular tree, they will surely die. The serpent argued that wasn't the case, and that if they did eat from it, then their eyes would be opened and they would be like God, knowing good and evil. This is where we see the first selfish desire form through temptation. After all, who wouldn't want to be like God? Not realizing the serpent's lies, deceit, and seduction, Eve took from the tree and ate as well as Adam. So how does this show the first selfish act? Prior to this passage, we see that God had already provided for their every need. They wanted for nothing and had no needs. Prior to the deception, they didn't even need clothes because they didn't even know that they were naked. They were like little children. However, once tempted, everything God had already provided was seemingly not enough. They wanted more. They wanted to be equal to God. That led directly to the fallen world we live in today. While the death God had warned Adam and Eve about was not a physical death, at least not right away, it was a spiritual death. How often are we not satisfied when our needs are already met and we desire to have more and more? How often can that lead to heartache and a sense of unfulfillment? David, King David, the man after God's own heart. Once you read the beginning of his history and learn about his faith, it's hard to imagine that later he does something so wicked out of a selfish, lustful desire. The story is reflected in a very cute and kid-friendly way in the VeggieTales movie, King George and the Ducky. Larry the Cucumber plays King George, the collector of rubber bath duckies. His castle is full of them, yet he sees one that he wants but it belongs to someone else. He orders that person to be sent to the front lines of the Great Pie War for the sole purpose to take that person's duck and avoid having to face the consequence of the one he stole from. While the VeggieTales version is a cute and light-hearted way to convey this story, the actual biblical version is much heavier. In 2 Samuel 11, we read that David sees Bathsheba bathing and apparently likes what he sees. He inquires about her and finds out that she is the wife of Uriah. He then sends for Bathsheba and sleeps with her despite her marriage. Of course, with sin, there are consequences. She becomes pregnant. This is a problem for David, mainly because she is married. Talk about a scandal. David sends for Uriah and tries to convince him to go home in hopes that he would sleep with his wife and he could conceal the true parentage of the unborn child. Uriah does not do this, so David then sends him to battle, on the front line, with orders that others not stand near him to make sure that he is killed. 
it was murder. Once he receives news that Uriah is dead, King David takes Bathsheba as his wife. This chapter ends with the words, The thing that David had done was evil in the sight of the Lord. Disciples, James and John. Even the disciples weren't immune to selfish temptations. James and John both desired prestige and power and asked for the highest position in the kingdom, to be at the right hand of Jesus. This desire was not out of concern for others. It was their own egos. Of course, Jesus knew the intent and addressed it. It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slaves. Matthew 20, 26-27 NASB However, this also became a point of contention with the other disciples too. James and John effectively alienated themselves from their brethren. They had such a desire to be great according to their own standards that they were willing to set themselves apart from the other disciples and not in a positive light. Of course, one lesson we learn from their example is that our standards of greatness can often contradict what God deems to be great. Seeing these examples of selfish acts from biblical heroes can be disheartening. You have Adam and Eve, the first humans that God created in his image, King David, who the Bible says was a man after God's own heart, James and John, chosen specifically by Jesus to follow him. Surely, more should have been expected of them, right? After all, if these godly people stumbled so badly, then what hope is there for us? Well, the good news is that we are already forgiven when we stumble in this way. God will correct us as a good parent corrects a child. As Christians, we should want to be known for showing our love through generosity rather than through our own desires. After all, Paul said in 1 Corinthians that love does not seek its own. Does that mean that we won't act on selfish desires? Doubtful. Our flesh is still active, and even James 3.2 does say that we stumble in many ways. However, even when we do act selfishly, it doesn't mean we can't change it. After all, changing our behavior is exactly what it means to repent. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you enjoy the podcast, then please feel free to give it a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to it on. If you would like to check out the article of today's reading for yourself, then please visit www.drivenbyfaith.blog. You will also find information on how to support the blog and the podcast. Don't forget to follow Driven by Faith on social media. Driven by Faith is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and now Discord. Remember, Driven by Faith now has merchandise. Visit www.teespring.com forward slash Driven by Faith and check out the many items including apparel, mugs, totes, and phone cases. Do you have a service or product to offer? Then consider becoming a sponsor. Simply send an email to drivenbyfaith001 at gmail.com to learn more. Do you have a question you would like to hear discussed? Would you like to share your own testimony? Shoot me an email or ask on Discord. 
Your questions may be answered on the podcast and possibly even your testimony shared for others to hear and be encouraged by. Until next time, God bless.